What's up, everybody? Tuesday, March 23rd. It is 9.07 in the morning, and I'm here with the pre-roll, but we're doing one of those fireside chat things again, where we kind of just chatted up about a couple of different topics that are relevant. News or broadcasting, or just kind of get to give you a quick schedule. We're going to chat for a little bit, and then Pat actually has a feature for National Agriculture Week. This features three Virginia Tech Hokies in the turfgrass field. Uh, we have Dr. Dan Sandor, who's part of the faculty. We have Chad Price, who's a former football player and a Game One grass industry expert. And lastly, Tyler Morris, who is a current student and athletic field coordinator for baseball and softball. Uh, interesting conversation. Really excited to dive into that. Um, but let's talk about some of the stuff that we have going on. First and foremost, shout out to the women's basketball team, defeating Marquette, moving on to the second round. They play today, this afternoon, I believe they played eight o'clock, um, against Baylor, the two seed, really excited to see them making noise and that program just continuing to get better week in and week out. Um, a lot of excitement surrounding that program. Want to talk a little bit about Virginia Tech men's basketball, um, I know that Ed and Mike and uh, you know whoever else are going to really kind of dive into this game more, um, but at just a very high level, we didn't play uh, as well as uh, Florida. Um, we shot 42%. They shot 57 They shot 38%. We shot from uh, 30%. Um, but the real difference here uh, were the turnovers that Florida had that really kind of kept us in the game. An unbelievable effort by Naheem Aline with 28 points. Um, on 8 of 18 shooting. Um, but hey, as I said before the tournament even started, um, getting to the tournament in general was a tremendous accomplishment for this basketball team. Picked to finish 11th in the ACC. Mike Young's second year, a really young roster. Um, and I think what really kind of hurt us here was, I've said it before, was our inability to have a score. Um, we losing Cartier, Cartier Diara, or Cartier Diara, um, was obviously disappointing. He's a he's a great scorer and a talented scorer. Um, but when you combine that with losing Jalen Cohn as well, um, not having somebody who you can give the ball to at the end of a shot clock or really be able to create their own shot was something that we really missed, uh, especially in the last three to four weeks of the season. And that compounded with not playing as much basketball. Just not great. Um, definitely you know, harmed our chances. But at the end of the day, it's a tremendous year of building and a year where we got better. Um, so it is what it is. In other news, um, Joe Bamasil announced that he was transferring yesterday. He did a sit-down interview kind of detailing why he decided to transfer. First and foremost, I just want to wish Joe um, the best of luck in his future endeavors. He's a great kid. Had the opportunity to sit down and talk with him both in the podcast and um link up with him and grab a bite to eat over at Joe's Diner, which he had never heard of uh, after being at school for four or five months. Um, but he's a really good kid, a really talented kid, um, and I'm going to be rooting for him in whatever he does next. I think uh, you know before his comments came out and his comments kind of really reinforced this, the roster buildup right now of Naheem Aline, Tyrese Radford, and incoming Storm Murphy – um, it's going to be really tough for him to crack that six-man rotation. Uh, he's a super raw, super athletic kid who, you know, high flyer, good defender, has a lot of upside, uh, but it seems like his MO is to play as quickly as possible, and this probably isn't the roster or the setup for that to happen. Um, and kind of my idea on this entire thing is I, I, I don't always think transferring is the right thing. I always think you know, you, you have to evaluate and especially kind of, especially in football, you see a lot of guys will enter the transfer portal and you never kind of hear from them again. They may not end up at another place. I'm not worried about that with Joe at all. Um, but I would rather see someone like Joe who may not necessarily fit into the scheme right now or may be better off uh, playing in another place where he'll be able to play early and often. I'd rather see him succeed than you know, maybe not get as many minutes as he would have wanted his sophomore and junior year. Uh, and then fans start to question him or fans start to question the development of this coaching staff. Um, so really wishing him nothing but the best and excited for whatever the future may hold for Joe. Um, great player, great kid. Um, and uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot about him 
wherever he ends up. Another thing that I'm really excited to talk about, Virginia Tech player engagement. Um, this meeting occurred last week, um, and I just kind of wanted to fill you guys in on some of the details of of what went down. Um, Samantha Stewart, she is the one who is heading up this entire initiative of re-engaging with players, um, and she has done an absolutely unbelievable job. This all started uh, with an email and a text message, um, reaching out to former players to just kind of aggregate contacts, get everybody back involved, and make sure that everybody is kind of connected via newsletter. Um, and please, if you're listening to this and you're a former player and you have not been added to that listserv, let us know. Uh, we are still in the process of getting everybody uploaded there. But some of the highlights, um, speakers included uh, Mr. Whit Babcock, Coach uh, Foster was there, Pearson Pierlu, Corey Fuller, J.C. Price, um, and we had some big-time attendees. Uh, Michael Vick was there, Rock Carmichael, Isaiah Ford, Jim Drunkenmiller, my guy Calc. Um, we had a ton of, uh, of folks show up. I think it was close to, uh, close to 100 people uh, that showed up and were engaged, um, and it was great. Um, we had a, a genuine apology and recognition that things uh, were not where they needed to be. Uh, I know that that's been kind of the biggest disconnect between uh, former players and uh, especially back in the Beamer era um, and this regime now was just player engagement, feeling apart, uh, being involved, and uh, through some reshuffling and bringing on extra, um, extra hands, I think this is something that they're really, really going to work on. Uh, aside from the genuine apology, there was a roadmap uh, and a vision for what this should look like and tangible steps that have been put in place or are being budgeted for now to change the way that we engage. Um, obviously, during COVID, it's going to be a little difficult to start doing those things. But in terms of you know game day stuff going on or, or practice or you know just getting the family down to check out the facilities and um, you know, events with the coaches, X's and O sessions, and, and these Zoom sessions. I know we have two more scheduled here coming up. Um, there are some really, really awesome initiatives uh, that will be hosted by both current players, current staff, um, former players, former staff, um, and other folks in the Virginia Tech community. So really, really excited to see how that, uh, how that pans out. Uh, and there was a ton of engagement. Um, we brought on, for those of you who know, Lester Carlin, uh, who is the equipment manager. Uh, he was brought on for a little while. Um, jokes were flying, and uh, Michael Vick was in the chat uh, throwing some jokes, and some other guys were throwing some jokes. And um, it was just great to see a bunch of names that um, that folks hadn't seen in years. Uh, I know there were teammates in there that I haven't talked to in a very long time, and above everything else. People just want to be involved. People want to feel apart. People want to help out. Um, Virginia Tech's a special place. Um, people have a lot of love for Virginia Tech, and I think this is the first step in really bridging a gap that I think will help us tremendously in the long run. Uh, and I think, you know, this is just this is just one man's opinion. This has been one of the best off seasons that we've had um, from an optics standpoint um, regarding the football team. Uh, there's the weight room renovation, which is something that has been long overdue. There's the meeting room renovation, which is something that is doubly long overdue. I mean, I mean, some high schools had better, some high schools had some better meeting rooms than we had, and now it's a state of the art facility. There's obviously the dining hall that's been completed. Haven't had any real off the field issues with players. Uh, we brought on some incredible, incredible guys into the staff, including J.C. Price and the promotion of Jack Tyler, another Virginia Tech, another two Virginia Tech former players and alums who just love the university. Um, so you know things are definitely trending in the right direction. Recruiting is something that definitely needs to pick up. Um, I would keep 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 your ears to the streets. Um, some stuff going on that's uh, that's pretty super exciting, um, but. Um, but I'm not going to get on here and, and, and get all excited. Um, we'll, uh, we'll see how it all pans out. Aside from that, am I missing anything? Uh, by the time this podcast will drop, I know Grant Mitchell put out an article. Uh, he sat down with Storm Murphy for an interview. Um, so I just want to tip my cap to Grant. Grant has been working his tail off this entire year. 
uh, and getting out some great content. But he landed Storm Murphy, talked to him a little bit about his decision to come to Virginia Tech and just his career in general. So uh, excited to re- definitely check that out. That'll be on the website. We added, uh, for those of you who know him on Twitter, Jay Scoop Anderson will be a uh, con- contributor here with us at the Sons of Saturday, writing primarily about men's and women's basketball. Um, super talented individual working with Bustin' Brackets and um, Saturday Gridiron and a couple of other uh, awesome, awesome um, blogs. So excited to add him as well. Uh, the Mike and Ed podcast, the Hoops, uh, Hokey Hoops podcast, we'll be doing some more work with that um, following March Madness. Um, Evan Norris wrote an article about our recruiting uh, big board. That was That was great. And um, if you missed it, the Terrell Edmonds interview, we sat down with Terrell Edmonds last week, and he was, uh, he was great to speak with as well. Am I missing anything? I don't think so. I have some pretty exciting news that isn't being shared yet uh, regarding my summer plans, uh, so stay tuned for that. And last thing, there is, this is breaking news, there is going to be a merchandise drop occurring only at one of our sponsors. Keep an eye on our Instagram. Keep an eye on our Twitter. Uh, we will be posting pictures of the apparel. But hey, once it's gone, it's gone forever. Uh, I think you guys will really like this one. Grayson uh, teamed up with the team over at uh, where it will be sold and got it done. And they look fantastic. And speaking of fantastic, you already know what I'm about to say. I want to shout out my guy, Jeremy Counts. I want to shout out Main Street Pharmacy. Called Jeremy a couple weeks ago. Guy's working his tail off, making sure folks are getting vaccinated, doing everything he can to keep Blacksburg residents safe. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Main Street Pharmacy, obviously, but want to just thank him, thank his wonderful staff uh, for everything that he does for the Blacksburg community. Uh, he works incredibly hard, loves Virginia Tech, loves the school, loves the community, uh, and has been incredibly supportive of us. So I implore you, I implore you, if you are in the Blacksburg area, you know how we feel about supporting local business. You can go to the big wigs. You can go to these massive companies who got stores everywhere. There's only one Main Street Pharmacy. There's only one Main Street Pharmacy that's got Dr. Jeremy Counts and his awesome staff in it. There's only one street Main Street Pharmacy where you can buy Sons of Saturday exclusive apparel, including Sons of Saturday flags, um, which I love. I got mine hanging up on the wall right now. Um, but uh, please, please go support Jeremy um, and just uh, tell him hello for us because uh, he does a wonderful, wonderful job. Aside from that, shout out to everybody. I hope everybody's doing well. Um, I guess geographic update. I'm back in Atlanta. I flew back to Atlanta at 3 o'clock in the morning on Thursday to move out. Um, pour one out, RIP. Moving out of uh, Piedmont Ave and... Um, Gonna figure out wherever we're headed next. But uh car is still in Utah, flying back to Utah April 1st, and wrapping up ski season. So hope everybody's doing well. And I'm gonna go ahead and pass it to my boy Pat. And here we go. Billy Ray, gotta say, really enjoyed the pre-roll this week. Kudos to you, my friend, and uh thank you for passing it over here. So we got an interview with our friends from over at the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences because this week is National Ag Week. So it was a ton of fun sitting down uh, with Dan, Tyler, and Chad and uh, really enjoyed it. And I think you will too. And you might learn you might learn a thing or two as well. However, uh, we got to talk about the Sons of Saturday and our partnership with the Hub on Campus in Blacksburg, Virginia. I'm not going to jump in the time capsule or the time machine, but if I was to do another four years, I think I would have to live at the Hub Blacksburg. Uh, this place is going up. It's actually uh, right off of Patrick Henry, uh, right on that area of town. Beautiful c- facilities, beautiful floor plans. Follow follow their social media. Let me just let me just read this to you. Hub Blacksburg underscore is the official Instagram account. This is just this is not just an apartment complex. This is a community. This is a lifestyle. The hub, it, they're popping up all over campuses across the country. They're creating a fun lifestyle with their brand, and they also have saunas and hot tubs and 
really things that I wish I had in my college uh, living situation. Go check out the hub. If you don't have your living situation figured out for next year, newsflash, in-person classes are happening. We saw this uh, a few days ago, put out by the university. To accompany your in-person classes, you got to have an awesome living situation. So go check out the Hub Blacksburg. Tell them the sun sent you and give them a follow on Instagram. They give away free stuff all the time and they're posting construction updates on a weekly basis as well. Shout out to the Hub. We appreciate you and uh, tell them the sun sent you. With that, let's jump into this interview. everybody welcome to the sons of saturday virginia tech podcast my name is pat finn and today we are joined by some very very special guests uh coming out of virginia tech i had a very close friend of mine her name is elizabeth galbraith and she reached out to me uh, a few months ago she says pat we got to do a highlight on national ag week Uh, she's a graduate of the college of agriculture and life sciences and guess what National Ag Week is this week starting on March 23rd. So it's funny. You guys know Sam Jesse. He's one of our writers, one of our scribes of Saturday. And he said, Pat, Billy Wright, Grayson, we should do an article and highlight, you know, the Virginia Tech grounds crew and, and the turf grass program at some point could be a lot of fun. Um, and it's coming full circle now because we're approaching National Ag Week and we are happy to welcome on three special guests here to the Sons of Saturday. So we'll run down the line. We have Tyler Morris, current student, Chad Price, alumnus, and Dan Sander, who is currently a member of the faculty uh, in the Turfgrass program. Welcome to the Sons of Saturday, gentlemen. We uh, are excited to have you. So what we'll do here, we'll just do a quick little intro of uh, just you know who you are, um, how you got to Virginia Tech, what you specialize in, and maybe a little bit more background. But uh, we will start with you, Dan. All right. Thanks, Pat. Uh, excited to be here today. Um, I'm Dr. Dan Sandor in the School of Plant and Environmental Sciences. I'm a turfgrass scientist. I'm a faculty member for all of our undergraduate turfgrass science um, program and students and activities, club activities. Um, also responsible for helping students uh, as they look for jobs or internships in the turfgrass industry, whether it's golf or sports turf or lawns or sod production um, or another of other, other industry opportunities. Um, primarily, you know, I've been here for just a, a few months, more than a year. I started right before the pandemic started, um, but did grad school work at the University of Arkansas um, in turfgrass science, earned my PhD there in 2018, did a year and a half stint in University of Minnesota, and then started working here alongside the other members of the team. Hi, I'm Chad Price. Uh, I'm co-owner of uh, Carolina Green Corp. We're based uh, outside of Indian Trail, North Carolina, which is just outside of Charlotte. Um uh, I'm co-owner of that company with my wife, Carrie Price, who is a, a 89 graduate from Virginia Tech in the, in the business school of accounting. Uh, I was an 87 graduate in agronomy. Um, and what got me to Tech, uh, I, I was trying to play football. I knew I wanted to go to an ag school to, to study agronomy or, or soil and plant science. Uh, I was a walk-on at the football team and and uh, I only did that for a year, but while I was there, I met my future wife, who was a, a four-year volleyball player there at Virginia Tech. And so we have a, some a str- some strong Hokies in the a Hokie background in the family there. But um, we build athletic fields; that's our primary uh, job. We also grow some specialty sod products. 
uh, some of the saw that you would see on the NFL fields that are when they replace them during the middle of the season or whatever, they're designed to play on immediately and, and other types of uh, sod for uh, athletic field applications. We've had the opportunity to do a, a fair amount of work at in Blacksburg at Virginia Tech and a lot of other uh, universities. And so that's sort of our tie into the ag. I did grow up on a farm in a row crop farm with uh, soybeans and corn and uh, poultry. My brother still raises poultry. So uh, we, we enjoy the, the nice farm odors from that from time to time. But uh, my brother says that's just a smell of money. So anyway, that, that's sort of our background. Love that. Smell of money. And then Tyler. Oh, a lot similar to Chad. So for me, I didn't really – you had the smell of money that Chad talks about, you know, that farmland all around us, but – for me, I never grew up on a farm. I was never around it. Where I was, where I'm from, or where I was born, was in Northern Virginia, which was kind of rural at the time. And then where we moved to for most of my life for the past 17 years was Southern Maryland, which is it's a mixture of rural and now urban. You know, so there's a naval base there that's been growing the area and has caused a lot of you know bolstering of the community. So. That's that's me, but I guess you could say I have ag in my in my blood. My mom grew up on a farm. Her both of her parents grew up on farms. Her dad sold Massey Ferguson tractors for most of his life, and then passed it on to his son, who's my uncle. Um, so I, you could say it's in my blood, pretty much. And so my sister is big into sports, and she's pretty much who got me into turf. Uh, there's we'll get into it more later, but there was one day I told my dad, this is what I want to do. And he's like, are you sure? I was like, yes, dad, this is, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to take care of these athletic fields for, for my life, you know, and make, make a living out of it. So that's when I started looking into Virginia tech. I'd only applied to two schools, tech and uh, Delaware Valley university in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. And I got accepted to both, but my mom was a graduate of 95 so there's a lot of uh, generational for me. And then her dad graduated in 65, part of the Corps of Cadets. So um, that's why I decided to come to Tech. And when I came in August of 2017, I jumped right into the grounds crew. My first week, I probably worked 80 hours. First two weeks, probably 80 hours each week um, leading up to our first football game that year. And ever since then, I mean, it's just it's been a fun time and even now I've been full-time for a year and no, two years. Yeah. Two years and about a month. So uh, it's been a fun time and we're working through our first full season of baseball, which is my main sport that I manage. So hopefully we see them do well and um, keep on going from there. Definitely uh, have extensive background here uh, between Dr. Sandor and then Tyler and Chad. So We'll take it from the top here uh, with Dan, because I want to hear about uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech's program. Can you give me a little bit of background uh, on the turf grass program at Virginia Tech? Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to. So the turf grass science program um, actually has a pretty extensive history. It's been around since, I believe, the, at least since the 60s, but probably even earlier than that, a number of uh, faculty that taught during those times are still alive and in the region. A number of those students still are in contact with uh, myself and um, the other faculty members. Uh, right now at Virginia Tech, we actually have two different options or degree options in the turf science program. Um, you can either go to the ag tech school um, or the ag tech track um, through CALS and earn your two-year degree, um, or you can go into the four-year program and earn your bachelor's after four years. Um, we've had a number of students that start in the two-year program and then go on and to enter the workforce, and we've had uh, quite a number as well start in the two-year program, and then once they finish that, they enter straight into the four-year program, typically have about another uh, two and a half to three years remaining to qualify or to, to meet all the uh, qualifications for the bachelor's degree. But um, with that, you know, a lot of our 
Pacha is focused in ag-related classes and agronomy, horticulture, soil sciences. Um, and then we encourage our students to get really involved. Students like Tyler who get involved and end up working down a worship field or an English field. We have a number of students that uh, spend their summers away from their moms and dads. And they'll go intern at golf courses or at athletic fields. So they'll go work for maybe a lawn care company or another turf industry specialist uh, like Chad or um, other organizations. So it's a very hands-on, very um, applied learning process, um, but it's also very, uh, I guess I, I would say up-to-date or contemporary in terms of a lot of the equipment and the whole STEM principles that you hear a lot in the education world, very much heavy, heavily involved with science, technology, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Um, and we try to get our students engaged in all of those areas because at the end of the day, there's a lot more to it than, than people realize. And it's not just mowing or watering. Uh, it truly is an art and a science. For me, you know, I, I'm I'm a guy who who just thinks about watering and, and mowing, just like you said. But you know, there's so much more and and so many more layers and uh, so much more depth there. Um, Chad, can you talk to us about uh, your career as far as coming out of Virginia Tech and then some of the experiences that you've been able to have? I uh, was sent over a little bit of a bio, and uh, it looked like you've had a lot of fun. You've gotten to be able to do a lot of cool things. Well, it has been a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot of work sometimes too, but uh, if you enjoy what you do, uh, what's the saying? If you enjoy what you do, you never work a day in your life. So I would definitely say that's the case. Um, having the opportunity to, to work uh, on athletic fields and be part of the game in that way. Um, I mean, it's, it's cool to, to go to a little league game and see the families and kids out there enjoying that. And it's also cool to sit down on, on a Sunday and watch you know, several NFL teams play on, on several of the fields you work on or have a part in. So uh, it, it's just really uh, rewarding to see, you know, the finished product sometimes. Uh, but there's so much that goes into it that, uh, you know, when I, when I first started thinking about athletic fields, I didn't even know it was a career, you know, and, I, and I'm ancient compared to Tyler, you know, I'm, I mean, he, uh, the, we're talking about in the eighties and nineties. And so, I don't think sports field management was really even a term that people described as an occupation. And it was just starting to take shape. You know, the, uh, so much of what we uh, adapt for athletic fields came from the golf industry. And, you know, I think they were ahead of the curve as far as getting uh, golf course superintendents trained and, and even certification programs. So much of the funding that, that goes into Dr. Sandor's work and other work in other universities, you know, came from the golf industry. And so they've sort of led the way, but probably at least in the last 20 years, there's been a strong emphasis on sports field management and, and really having courses and curriculum associated for that more so. Um, so I didn't have that benefit, but all the same principles apply, you know, with soil and water and the, and the, uh, the physics that goes on within a soil system, within a plant system, and the, uh, all the biology and chemistry and all those things, you know, you just have to ex extrapolate what you learn at a place like Virginia Tech and then apply it in the field. And so um, that, that, that educational um, background that I had was invaluable really to my career. And, and I would say without a doubt, you know, just having the uh, being in a position in a room where you can understand some of these things that's going on and then apply it to a new field such as sportsville management was really, really a strong foundation for me. Um, we slowly grew into that role of, hey, uh, people want to play. You know, they want to have these fields available and, and safety has really become a strong emphasis. You know, we look back at some of these old NFL films and then playing and in, in the slop and the mud. And we just say, well, that's football, you know, and wow, I guarantee they were having a great time, but, you know, more emphasis on injuries to players, um, just the performance of the ball and how it rolls and interacts, whether it's baseball or soccer or cricket or whatever, you know? And so 
uh, there really is a, a science continues to advance and give us new tools and ways to uh, analyze, get analysis on some of these things. And um, it's just an exciting field to be in. Plus, you get to get your hands dirty. You know, how many people can say that? And so um, it's a very rewarding job. And I, I saw in the uh, in the bio that I was sent over, Chad, um, one of the Zod Technologies um, game on grass and how uh, NFL stadiums, they sometimes go towards, you know, the plastic grass, whereas some college stadiums are going to have that natural grass. But can you walk us through uh, game on grass and kind of um, why it's important and, uh, you know, your, your role that you play in that operation? Well, um you know, being a, a field construction type company, you, you know, we get thrown into this situation where, you know, due to a concert or due to excessive wear or due to whatever reason, sometimes the field gets destroyed, the surface gets destroyed. And as I mentioned before, some of those old films from the 70s and 60s or whatever, we've seen those mud fields. Well, you know, that's just not really acceptable anymore. Um, in the past, we would just take try to find the best quality sod we could find at a sod farm and put it down and, and hope for the best. You know, maybe it didn't have enough time to root in. Maybe it just couldn't get stable uh, quickly enough for the game, but the game had to go on. So we saw some, some successes, but also some failures. And so trying to come up with a way to where we could put grass down and it play immediately to a football scenario was the challenge. And, and we weren't the first to do it. There was uh, another company that had done it and sort of worked with it and tried to develop this. We had some ideas about it. Um, and so we, we were actually uh, asked by the University of Virginia, can I say that on this program? I don't know. Um, it's, they, they had a U2 or a Rolling Stones concert or one of those two were playing in the middle of their season and they had to replace this field in October, a football field. And so we couldn't find the grass anywhere. Um, and so we decided to grow it ourselves. And that sort of pushed us into that market. And the idea, the concept there is you take Bermuda grass, you put it on plastic, you grow it on a humongous sheet of plastic out in your field at our, at our sod farm. And you have all the irrigation, all the infrastructure there and you top dress it with sand and you get it to where it's about an inch and a half or inch and three quarters thick. And so it's a very thick, very heavy mat of sod. And the roots don't have anywhere to grow. They can't grow down. So they just grow all intertwined in each other. And it basically becomes like a potted plant. If you ever pulled a, a, a plant out of a pot and all the roots are gnarled together and you can't tear it apart, that's the same type principle with the game on grass. And so it's very strong, it's very heavy. You can put it on the ground and it'll tolerate that level of play. Uh, whether it's a golf club or a 350 pound defensive tackle pushing against another 300 pounder, you know, it, that's what it's designed to do. And, and it's certainly not for everybody. It's certainly not uh, the most uh, inexpensive product but there is a need for it. And so we've become probably the largest producer of grass for the NFL in that capacity. And it's also used for other projects as well for uh, repair work, construction work, jobs that you just don't have time for it to grow in. And that becomes more and more of a case in construction projects. And so it's, uh, it's a part of what we do, but it's a pretty high profile part of what we do. You know, when you send it to, from, North Carolina to Kansas City uh, or Miami or or even for soccer overlays like in Gillette Stadium in, in Boston or Foxborough, where that is, uh, MetLife and AT&T Stadium. It's been in all those places, either for soccer overlays or NFL jobs or, or construction projects. So it's sort of become, a again, a high-profile uh, vehicle for us with our construction industry or our construction job and i know that uh that recently um you know you've done work with virginia tech in the past but recently you were helping with an implementation of game on grass with the practice field uh with dan is that a, just an awesome feeling being able being able to go to blacksburg and say you know this is my home and this is where i'm able to they're my client you know what's that feeling like 
It's great. And, um, you know, uh, Dan is relatively new there and getting to know him uh, in that role and, and trying to support, you know, the, uh, the future Hokies coming into Blacksburg and Tyler as well, you know, uh, getting to know uh, both of those guys is great. The whole crew, some of them have been there for a while and I know them and they're always students that work there in athletics. They, they utilize a lot of students there, which gives, you know, benefit to both parties. Um, and, uh, and just, uh, just being a, staying in sync with that you know but I, I must say going around Blacksburg these days I get lost it's nothing like it was in the 80s okay um so you know I recently had some of my guys in town and we went to lunch and and they said take us to where you used to go and I couldn't find a, many places that, that were still that were the same um or at least not that were open for lunch so uh it's great being up in Blacksburg what a what a great place We'll transition a little bit um, over from football into more so uh, softball and baseball, because um, Tyler, I know you you have a handle on that. But can you talk to me about you know what? First of all, you know how you got to where you are now. You're you're a full time employee, and when you started at Tech in 2017, you you know you were kind of just yeah, let me see what I can do here. Talk to us about how your career has uh, kind of gotten jump started, um, but also. Uh, you know, baseball and softball. Sure. So, yeah, like I said, my sister, she's three years younger than I am. And my dad was always the head coach for Little League and rec ball and going into high school ball as well. And being able to prep the fields for her games and being able to sit back afterwards and just watch and be able to say, hey, I did that, you know, like I get to sit here and watch them play on the field that I prepared, chalk the lines, drug the field, all of that. Like that, that was cool to me. And that's where it really got started. My dad later told me, he's like, Hey, why don't you just, you know, email the local golf course superintendent and just see about, you know, trying to get into the field because the closest professional team for us is an hour and a half to two hours, depending on traffic and Washington nationals. Um, and then the next closest, you know, you have the Bowie Bay Sox and Prince George's County. And then you have, um, Southern Maryland Blue Crabs, which is a independent league team. So those really weren't in the game for me because I was still young, you know, 16 years old and I didn't have a chance to be able to drive yet. So the golf course that was 20 minutes from my house was the next best thing. So I worked there for two to three years until I uh, came to tech in 2017. While in high school, I worked with the athletic department and we did a lot of what Chad does on a higher scale basis. We, we renovated the stadium field that we have. We renovated the, all the practice fields that we had and including softball and baseball on minor scale things. So being able to take a field that had a mud hole, like Chad's saying from the sixties and seventies, we were playing on it. Our football team was playing on a mud hole for one year. And that's when we decided to change it over. So just being able to see that transition really showed me that for me, it's more than just water and grass and sitting out on a mower. There's a lot more science to it. And that's really what kickstarted my interest during the renovation processes. I met um, my future, one of my future bosses, Kyle Ackerman. He worked with the blue crabs a lot. He graduated from Delaware Valley and he helped me show like the sports turf side of the things he'd been in sports turf for, 10 years. So he knew a lot about it and was able to show me a lot. And then he was like, Hey, why don't you just come up and work with me at the blue crab stadium? And by, by then I was in my senior year. So driving up there was pretty easy. It was 40 minutes, but it was worth it in the end. Um, and then I came to tech in 2017, the, that fall when I was a student and just was working with Emerson, who's my current supervisor right now who's in charge of our football field at Worsham, Worsham field. And, you know, he showed me a lot more. So everywhere I went, I slowly added more and more. Being a student, I was able to go home for the next summer uh, between my freshman and sophomore year. And I went back to the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs and was their assistant groundskeeper then. Um, and a lot of days I was the head groundskeeper, you know, for personal issues or whatever it was, Kyle had to be gone. So a lot of days, I was the one out there telling these umpires that have 30, 40 years of experience, hey, we're going to pull this tarp on the field to save the field for the next day. And that was, I mean, that's a big 
experience boost for me. So that was fun. Um, and then came back down to Virginia Tech that fall and had the opportunity to take care of the softball field in the interim role. Um, the previous manager went to D.C. United. Um, he took a new job there, and I was able to take care of the softball field in an interim role as we had a new coaching staff. So, like, it was a fresh start for that field. Um, really didn't get to do a whole lot. They only played eight games, but it was enough for me to learn, you know, a little bit more about being the head guy, What's it, what goes into it, dealing with practice, games, and everything else. That following February, the end of February 2019, that's when I took over as fields coordinator for the baseball facility as well as our outdoor track and field facility. And it's been a blast ever since. I haven't had a full baseball season yet, and this is my third season, third year as a field manager. So I'm hoping that this year's the year. We're ranked 25th in the nation right now. So hopefully this year we do pretty well. Um, so for me, that's that's been my path, um, just learning everywhere I go. And now that uh, Dr. Sandor's here, it's allowed me to learn even more on the school side of things. Because for me, I always, I mean, for the past four or five years, I've only had hands-on experience, getting my hands dirty, just doing it the way that I'm taught. Now, going into my last three semesters at Tech, I can see the scientific side, the, the you know, here's how the book says to do it, but couple that with how you've learned it in the field to be able to only make your fields that much better. So it's been a path and I don't know, after this, we'll see what happens when I graduate, but I hope to stay in baseball as long as I can. It's, it's a time commitment, but it's well worth it in the end when you see your teams winning and doing well. So. Absolutely. And speaking of winning, um, you know, one of my favorite memories was going to that Duke 2017 game where it was just, an absolute downpour and Worsham field held up like nothing I've ever seen. I, I remember the players were, were sliding a little bit uh, at the end, like doing like a penguin slide uh, celebration, but uh, between Chad and Tyler, what are some of the favorite memories that you have, um, you know, over the course of your careers, uh, whether it's Virginia tech or, or uh, non-tech related um, with your job? Well, maybe I'll go, Tyler, so you can, you can save the best for last. Um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, again, being part of the game, we've had uh, times where we – I remember going out to Kansas City Chiefs, you know, two years ago when they won the Super Bowl and they were having to do a late, late playoff run and we had to replace the field because they had a lot of snow and we didn't really have any notice. You know, they were like, calling us on the Saturday uh, before the Sunday game, and they had just wrecked part of the field trying to get snow off the field to get ready for the game. And they said, hey, we got a problem. Can you mobilize? And so we're, we're, we're starting to travel, and they haven't even won the game yet. If they lose the game, then we turn around and come home, you know, but you got to pull the trigger. You got to go and, and work like crazy, work all kind of hours, get sawed from – North Carolina to Kansas City and it's like in single digit temperatures. So you're having to refrigerate trucks and you know, or not really refrigerate, you're having to heat trucks, put it inside of ref these comet controlled trucks and get it there. And we get it there and we have the game and the field looked great. And uh, they beat the Steelers, uh, which is my wife's home team. So anyway, we won't, I won't bring that up again, but uh, just seeing all that happen on TV is pretty cool. You know, um, and then, and then it's the small things too, you know, just, uh, even working on the fields that your kids play on, you know, there's a lot of satisfaction in that. Um, you know, um, I, that, that's probably it. Just seeing your work out there and, and getting to meet cool people that are behind the scenes, you know, the groundskeepers at some of these places and you know what they're dealing with, you know, prior to games and during games and, uh, just just being involved in the game in that capacity is is really fun. Yeah, I mean, for me, a lot of similar things with Chad. You know, we went to the Belk Bowl in 2019, 
Virginia Tech football did. And I had the opportunity to take our stencil down to Bank of America Stadium for them to be able to paint. And it was cool to be able to talk to those guys, um, Tom Vaughn and his crew, you know, to be able to see what goes on in, in a professional stadium. Um, and since then, my girlfriend and I, we've been able to drive around, you know, halfway across the country sometimes and see some of these parks and look at them and just, you know, it's kind of an, an all thing just to be able to see some of these things. I've only been around tech. I've only been around independent league teams. So being able to go to St. Louis and see Bush stadium, be able to go to Cincinnati, see great American ballpark, uh, Neyland stadium, Tennessee, which Chad's done some um, work down there too. So like being able to see some of these things where you only get to see pictures of before, that's what's cool to me and being able to talk to these other guys. Uh, probably the best memory, though, um, and I joke about it. I've been joking about it with my crew this year. Um, I've never worked for a winning team other than football, you know, in a minor capacity. But like any of the baseball teams I've ever worked for, we've never had a winning season. And so but the year that I was the assistant groundskeeper, at the blue crabs, we won the first half and that was probably the coolest thing for me. You know, you're sitting there, you're cheering them on the whole, the whole season and they get to win the first half of the year. So for us, it's pretty cool to have a winning team for once. <laughs> Keep the home run hammer going. That's right. <laughs> so, um, I want to, to kind of have an idea here and, uh, Dan, we'll, we'll pivot to you for this question. Um, but if you could kind of explain the connection of turf grass to agriculture and then, you know, the ties that CALS has, um, you know, with the land grant uh, ties uh, that Virginia Tech is as a land grant institution, uh, we'd love to kind of hear a little background on that and uh, tie that into celebrating National Ag Week. Yeah, certainly. Well, Chad kind of touched on it a little bit in his um answer a few minutes ago and thinking about turf grass as a whole or turf grass science programs, turf grass management programs, um, really came out of the golf industry. Um, and you had a lot of folks that as golf was uh, booming and, and courses were being developed, you know, you had to have the right uh, tools and knowledge to properly manage the golf courses. And uh, that became more popular um, in the early 1900s. And it was actually with the USDA uh, they had a section of their, I guess their group called the Agrostology uh, portion of the USDA. And uh, a lot of turf grass, early turf grass scientists um, in the early 1900s that worked to develop uh, grasses, much like we do many of our uh, road crops and ag crops. You know, we want to have the best varieties, whether it's in terms of yield, in terms of flavor. Um, in terms of disease pressure or uh, disease resistance, I guess I should say. Uh, many of those same concepts in ag and um, ag-related fields like agronomy or horticulture uh, are very equivalent, very similar in the turf grass side of things. We do a lot with pest management. We do a lot with uh, irrigation and drainage, as I mentioned um, earlier. There's a lot of engineering that goes involved with you know, having a golf course, having a uh, sports field ready for play, um, having a golf course that's able to drain water so the golfers can you know, make their putts and so forth. There's a lot of, um, you know, nutrition that goes involved. Just like a farmer would apply fertilizer for his crops, uh, we're applying fertilizers to improve the health of, you know, the lawn or the health of uh, the outfield at the baseball stadium. Oh, well, probably not Virginia Tech's baseball stadium, but uh, the natural grass athletic field system. Uh, lots of lots of applications um, and practices done in agriculture have also found and are also implemented uh, in the turf grass industry as well. I've actually had a couple of students just in my short time here at Tech Tech come from farming backgrounds. Um, one came from a tobacco farm uh, production in Central Virginia. But he was a he was a turf grass science minor, and he ended up taking one of my classes last fall. And I think now he's actually gone back home and he's graduated and now working for one of the lawn care companies here in Denver, the state of Virginia. So um, very much hand in hand with, with agriculture. You look across the United States and all the land grant schools um, to have a turf grass science program or some term of turf grass management program, 
you'll find them typically in the Department of Horticulture or Department of Agriculture, Department of Plant Science, uh, along with all the other ag-related courses like crop science, like agronomy, or soil science, environmental science. So very much hand in hand in terms of the knowledge and in terms of uh, equipment and things like that. I mean, the obvious difference is we're using mowers and they're using, you know, maybe harvesters. But other than that, uh, you know, pretty, pretty much similar. We're producing things in terms of a quality or playability standpoint. They're producing uh, their crops in terms of a yield um, component as well. Uh, as Chad, you know, in Chad's field with uh, sod production, you know, you have a lot of folks that, you know, come from the ag side of things, ag side of cropping systems that can also you know, grow, grow a pretty mean uh, sod, sod production field and um, a lot of the similar management aspects in that way. One thing we really like in terms of just being here at Virginia Tech and the other universities I've been able to be a part of is these land-grant schools, you know, with ag in mind and, and the um, emphasis placed on agriculture, not just for the uh, students that come through the programs or the faculty that come through the programs, but also for the, the state um, itself and the constituents and the professionals out there in the field, whether it is in ag or is it, it is in turf grass, you know, we're excited to also be able to share some of the latest science and research that we do here at Virginia Tech, whether it's things for disease resistance or uh, weed control or just overall best management practices for, like Tyler mentioned, he comes and he's getting a lot of hands-on experiences and working at the fields and uh, getting to be part of game day. But then when he comes to class, whether it's with me or some of the other faculty members, he's learning a lot more of the behind the scenes, uh, science aspects of it, aspects of it, um, and thinking and learning more about the current research that's going on, whether it's you know drought research or physiology research, you know, really just understanding how turf grasses behave and survive in, you know, 100% sand soil or 100% native soil and, you know, under shaded conditions or under partially sun, sunny conditions, under conditions where you have 300 pound, you know, linemen running back and forth, or if it's just, you know, one guy standing in between second and third base, uh, right on the, right on the interface of the outfield and the infield. So a lot of different things that, that go involved that our students are learning, but also as part of the land grant, we're also disseminating and using this education to, as an outreach tool for a lot of the turf professionals here in the state of Virginia. And then this is my last question. Uh, and I'm not sure who might be the most equipped to answer this question. Um, it could be all three of you, but um, any shout outs for notable alumni who are, you know, I know DC United was referenced, but uh, any like head grounds crew managers um, in professional sports or golf or anything like that? Ah, for fear of, you know, not getting somebody, uh, you know, we have alumni from all over, all over the country and major league soccer, NFL, uh, major league baseball, a lot of our pro league sports, but also a lot of minor league sports as well. As I mentioned before, this program has been around for a while, both the two and four year programs. So I know we have a whole bunch of, of Hokies out there uh, pretty much all across the globe um, and, and certainly all across the United States. In, in both professional and minor leagues and also in, uh, you know, a lot of municipal fields and, and turf systems as well. That's awesome. Well, to the three of you, just want to say thank you so much for, uh, for dedicating your time in this afternoon. Ton of fun uh, learning and hearing from all of you. And uh, we don't typically interview three people at once. So we usually give people an opportunity to plug anything that they got going on or give any type of shout out. It's our, we call them our Sharkies shout outs. So uh, we'll start with Chad and then we'll move to Tyler and Dan. But uh, Chad, you got any Sharky shout outs for the Sons of Saturday audience? Well, um, I would say that, uh, you know, I don't know what the percentage of Hokies that are out there uh, live in the state of Virginia. I do not. And you, you don't either now. So, uh, but uh, we do, actually, we do most of our work in the state of Virginia and, uh, North Carolina and Tennessee are probably equally second, but, um, you know, we're always up in the area. Uh, we spent a lot of time in, in, uh, Northern Virginia. We just finished the Washington football team, uh, practice field renovation. We're starting the DC United 
practice facility. Uh, and we've got other jobs up in that area. We're all, always in Virginia. So, uh, but yeah, just anywhere. Uh, we uh, travel all over. So anyone has a field project they want to look at, we're game. Yeah, I mean, like Chad said, we, for me personally, I know a lot of good guys around, you know, they're, they're kind of scattered everywhere, some in Atlanta, some in D.C., kind of all over the place. So if anybody, you know, anybody wants to even come up and see baseball, you know, it's funny, I got to give my shout out to Pat here watching the game live or baseball game. And right as he said, the home run hammer. We had a home run, first one of the year for a kid that hasn't hit a home run to put us in the lead two to one. So, I mean, hey, thanks, Pat, for that. And we're going to have to do more podcasts during Hokie baseball games to make sure we <laughs> pull the lead across. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we, we got a few more weekend series for baseball. Come see the Dugout Degenerates. They're, uh, they're always doing a lot of fun stuff for baseball, and hopefully we can keep our top 25 ranking and you might even see us in the regional round this year for the first time since 2013. So come catch us there. And if hopefully we get to host a lot of people for football and um, come cheering because we miss it. That's for sure. <laughs> there we go, Tyler. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to let you know. I, I'm going to try to come up to a baseball game this spring. So I'll have to give you a shout. Come up for spring game weekend. It'll be a good one against Georgia tech six o'clock, three o'clock and one o'clock. And then uh, we'll finish up with Dan. Yeah, thanks, Pat. Uh, I guess my Sharky shout-out. Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to my 17 high school programs here in the state of Virginia that are teaching turfgrass science. Uh, it's a fun fact. Uh, I learned when I first started working here that there are over 17 high schools here in the Commonwealth that have some type of turfgrass science curriculum being taught at their school. We'd love to see that number uh, go up. But these programs are awesome. Uh, a lot of great young men and young women. Uh, this is not just a career for uh, young men. Uh, we have a number of successful women now in the turf industry um, worth working at professional league fields. And so uh, shout out to those young men and women and to their uh, instructors and teachers. Uh, we'd love for y'all to you know become Hokie, Hokie someday. And uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at VTTurfGrass if you want to learn more about our program and uh, some of the things that myself or Tyler or Chad have talked about today. Could not agree more. Well, thank you all and uh, appreciate your time and appreciate your efforts and uh, go Hokies. It's time to wander tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand by the saw you. Dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I know it's what you're thinking Please don't go this way singing Trash my friend's place Wake up the next day and do it again And all that she said is And all that she said is Enough to reach out to you and say Yeah.